us. Thank you that we are accepted through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, as we enter your throne of grace, we'd like to thank you for what you've done for each one of us. And also I pray, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can fellowship more and more with your Son and understand our true purpose on earth. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being here with us. You promised us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I pray that every person may be free today in their new identity in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray for your grace to be in this place. I pray for your mercy and compassion to be in this place. I pray for encouragement and edification to be in this place. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. You're everything to us, and we love you. We honor you for everything you've done for us, both seen and unseen. Thank you. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, for your peace, which surpasses all understanding, to be made known and manifested in their hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Any place where they are under attack, in any way, spiritual or physical, we command in the name of Jesus Christ to be restored. In Jesus' name, any form of discouragement, any form of brokenness, any place of defeat, any place of failure, we command it to be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I pray for your spirit to touch each person and release them from any form of bondage or captivity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be free today. Amen. 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 Thank you all. Thanks to the wonderful band. If you can have a clap for them, please. Getting better and better every week. I heard some other people singing and they, they had amazing voices. So if you feel like you want to come and sing, um, have a chat to Anton and he'll sort it out for you. I was going to call you out straight away, but I said I'll just... <laughs> Okay, who's ready for today? Amen. I won't be long today. Uh. <laughs> so, 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 thanks for coming, everyone. Thank you for coming. You'll be blessed today, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Mm. 
As long as you come into this place, you will hear the truth, the raw truth of the gospel. And you will grow if you allow it to. Amen. So I'm going to share a bit of testimonies. There's some powerful testimonies. I'm going to be sharing them. But the first, the first one that I want to speak to you is about is um, there's a pastor in Bangladesh. There's a pastor in Bangladesh. And probably around nine months ago, I had a dream of him that I went to Bangladesh. And there was such a large group in a church. And they were waiting for me to get there to introduce the Holy Spirit to them. And they were, they, they were converts from Islam to Christianity. And they were waiting for the move of the Holy Spirit. And I was there imparting it to him. And teaching them how to prepare themselves for the Holy Spirit. And I saw hundreds and hundreds of people in that church. And how we connected this man, you have to hear. I'd like to he uh, allow you to hear how I don't just connect with someone for the sake of connecting. God ordained it. And how I connected with this man um, is I saw him on Facebook trying to connect with other Christians. And I just got saved. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if you want me to help this man, because I was just hungry to do anything. I said, Lord, if you want me to connect with this man, he's got to take the first move. I will not show him anything. I will not like his page. I will not like his comment. Nothing. I said, Lord, if you want me to walk with this man and bless him, he's got to speak to me. So the next morning, yeah, the next morning I wake up with a friend request from this man. Word, word by word. And I bought him a scooter, or motorbike sort of thing, to preach the gospel in further um, towns in Bangladesh, it's coming from a country of, majority of them are Muslims. So I bought him a bike. Um, we sent probably up to date now, probably in, in between the 50 to 150,000. We've sent there to feed all the homeless, to buy Bibles, preach the gospel, and to equip other people. Now, it was interesting. The Holy Spirit showed me that he's going to have different pastors trying to connect with him to allow them to come with him so he can build this ministry. And I said to him, I said to him there's going to be another pastor who's going to come from another church. The Holy Spirit said it to me. Tell him to open his heart and work together. So the next week that happened. And now they are working together by the grace of God. Now, how this man knew that I heard from God is that I had a dream and they were going into a village where there was reports of an ISIS, people waiting to, to kill the Christians. And I had a dream that night. This was seven or eight years ago. I had a dream that night that the, him and a friend went and the man was hiding to ambush them in the bush. He was, he was just, his motive was to kill a Christian. And I said to the man, are you going to preach in a village that's far away? And you feel unsafe? He said, yeah, me and another friend are going. I said, you don't go. God said, do not go. So he listened. His friend went. Unfortunately, he died. Then he said, okay, I, I, will, I will connect with this man. So this man, this man called me and he said, my friend, 
He said, the next baby I have, he said, the next baby I have, I want you to name this baby. I said, my friend, I'll name it now. And he, he was just three months. The, his wife was three months pregnant. I said, the name is Elizabeth. And it means um, chosen from God. And I said, you name her Elizabeth, you're having a girl. And then she, she had a girl, and we've been connecting, and we walked together. So, so what I'm trying to say now is, the dream that I had, it's for me to, for me to help him build this church. And he's bought the land from the last offering we gave. He bought the land to build the church. Now it's going to cost 16000 to 18000 Australian to build that church. And it will house 500 to 700 people. So I'm asking for your help by the grace of God. If you wish to be part of it, you can help. We're building the first floor for him to house the church. The second floor is going to be his home. So if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to help, it's a good investment to give unto God. Because the majority of these people that are getting saved are probably 99.9% .9 are Muslim. And he's converting them, walking alongside of them, and helping them. So if you feel led to give, we're going to walk alongside this man. And we're going to help him build the church and the place. And maybe one time me and Tony will go and visit. I don't know if Tony will go to Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> Janet's already, Janet's already. <laughs> so, so God showed me that I'm going to be there. So I will go there. And the way that God's planned and prepared everything, the way that God's planned and prepared everything it's his will. He's put something inside of us, not just to, to, to build his kingdom. And the last places where you think, or where I think I'll go, is where God wants me to go. <laughs> so God showed me a clear dream that will impart in the Holy Spirit and then the signs and wonders follow this church. And that we're yet to know the Holy Spirit. See, you can know the word of God, but not be familiar with the Holy Spirit. And God showed me that I was going there. So if you feel led by the grace of God to help, um, there's few people here that have the details. We'll give it to you later. But this is purely to build the church for people to get saved and for people to call a home there because they don't have a home there. It's, they're surrounded by Muslims. So God bless you. I have some, I have some good testimonies. Which one should I share first? Uh, Tell me, you can come with her. So, so we connected a while ago. Um, I'm not going to share exactly what happened because it's so much. I want to preach my message. But we started to fellowship. Um, they invited me to the house a couple of times to fellowship, probably last year. And I just wanna I just want you to have a to to have an understanding how the spirit knows everything and how you can prepare yourself for the Holy Spirit to dictate every aspect of your life. Out of this message here, I want you to know that she, they opened their heart for they opened, they opened their hearts for us. They honored us so much by the grace of God. And the Holy Spirit imparted so much to them.
So God done amazing miracles in their home. But something I want to share with you is because I, I really believe the body lacks to trust God in this area. I want you to hear me out. I want you to hear me out that the body of Christ today lacks this trust in God fulfilling the physical blessings. So, so when we sat to fellowship, I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to share with them? So, to be honest, I don't even know what a beauty salon is. The last thing I'll preach is about this. <laughs> Actually, yeah. So, so the Holy Spirit said, tell this lady that next year was last year, that she'll, I will bless her with a beauty salon. And he gave me instruction. He said, tell her when she opens the beauty salon, not to work with any parts of altering your body through plastic surgery or through fillers or any of this area. You know why? Because that's the greatest way you can mock God's creation. And the Holy Spirit said to her, I'm going to bless her, but there was a condition not to operate with altering your body parts, which is really evil, which is a lack of identity, which is the emotional imbalance that God needs to heal through the Holy Spirit. And anyways, she spoke to me last week. She spoke to me last week. We were fellowshipping at the house. And she said to me, um, you know, what about this? What about this? They were all, no, 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 no. And, and it was interesting because all the customers in the beginning, I want you to hear this, please. All the customers in the beginning were coming to her. Do you do plastic surgery? Do you do this type of treatment? Do you do this? And it was all about what God warned her not to do. And the enemy was enticing, enticing, enticing. Why? To rob the blessing of God over her life. And he was enticing her. And, sh and, and the flesh was saying, this is all money going out of my hands. Where I could be making so much money. But God gave her instructions, be obedient to me. Anyways, it was interesting. So I come to pray for her. And I, I went into a vision. And I saw like a hair machine. Um, with like older people now it's God can do everything now now hear me out one sec now hear me out one sec <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, so hear me out one sec so God showed me God showed me a hair machine and there was older people women through stress and all these things they were they were like pretty much bold and they were going to her studio to get treatment to have this hair regrowth come back and the Holy Spirit said this machine is okay when I was praying for her and she just bought that machine she just bought it and she was saying oh is he going to tell me to sell that machine <laughs> so I just want to show you the Holy Spirit can be in everything if you allow him out of this whole testimony, to detail, the Holy Spirit can be in everything if you allow Him. To detail. If you let Him. See, the greatest uh, deception is to think that God is, cannot be the author of this area. He can. If you let Him. That means you have to wait on Him. That means you have to trust Him. Amen? So thanks for that.
That's all. The next, uh, the next estimate, can I grab Jared up here? Thanks. Emilia, do you want to come too? Or where is she? Come, Emilia. <laughs> so this is a, this is a, Jared's going to share something of what God showed him. Jared's going to share something of what God showed him. But can I just say something? Wherever you are, God can locate you and speak according to the faith that you have. Don't write him off in every, any area of your life. Because Jared heard something from the Lord, and I knew it was from the Holy Spirit. Because that's the whole thing that I've been preaching for all those years about the process of a believer. So can I share with something with you? Never write off the Holy Spirit. He can speak where you are in your journey. Don't limit him. Anyway, so a family member of Amelia, um, we were praying, me and Jared and Amelia were praying together at the house, and the Holy Spirit showed me that a family member of her is sick, and she's struggling, and her body is frail, and it's breaking down. And I said to her, this member is suffering, and the Holy Spirit wants to heal her. And I didn't know that she was sick. And it ended up, she told me that this family member is sick. So I said to her, if she's open, when she comes to your place, I'll pray for her. And she agreed. And I want to tell you something that happened that's so beautiful. I cried. Not so much in front of them, but when I got home, I wept and I cried because it was so beautiful. God refreshed me in such a way that was overwhelming. So when I come to pray for their family member, God shared some deep secrets with her that no one knows, and she opened her heart. And when I come to pray for her, I saw a wind and a fire inside the wind. And it hit her so hard in the area where all the cancer was. And she collapsed to the ground. And this lady is Australian. She doesn't know any other language at all. And I said, repeat after me. And she's trying to say these words. And I thought she's manifesting because deliverances happen like this. But she was trying to speak in a tongue, in a different language. And do you know what she said? It took us three, um, three times to get those words out. And you know what she said when she was on the floor? She was in a trance. You know what she said on the floor? She said, Masihon. In English, it means Christ is here. But she's Australian. And God was blessing my heart. The moment she said Christ is here, my feet started to wobble. Because I couldn't stand in that love. I couldn't stand in that love. It was too powerful. And it's that love that drives me. But it's that love of the Holy Spirit that God wants us to operate in. And she said six times, Masihon. And I'm, I'm saying, Jared, the lady is saying Christ is here. And where all those cancer places were, she felt fire burning them. And then she said another tongue, and the Holy Spirit said, you know what she's saying? And he said, mercy has finally come to me. Mercy has come to me, because the cross is the seat of mercy. And 
after she said that, she said, Shukran Masih, Shukran Masih, the lady. And I'm weeping. Thank you, Jesus. I've never heard a different tongue come from a, another person who does not know that language. And she's saying, Shukran Masih, Shukran Masih, and she's in a trance. And then when she woke up, she said, I felt someone dusting me from the top down. And I cried. This lady has hardly read the Bible, hardly prayed. All God needs is your heart to open and He'll work. And it was so beautiful because this testimony blessed me. God let her speak to bless me, to show me this is the rewards if you be faithful to me. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so I want to give the microphone to Jared, he's going to share about his dream. And I really believe that this is a, a message for the body. You're not shy from the camera, will you? <laughs> I, I had a dream the other night, um, and Rabs was in it. I was, I was on the toilet at Rabs' house, and <laughs> Rabs, Rabs, Rabs was leaving. He's putting the um, security system on, and I yelled out, um, I was in his house. Then I called to him, let him know I was still in his house. Asked where he was going, and he said, um, I'm going to listen to a preacher. And I remember kind of being shocked. I'm like, well, that must be pretty good, because I've never heard that before. So... <laughs> Rabs listen to someone else. It's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty full on. Because um, I'm going to listen to a preacher about why people are leaving worship early. And, um, and when I had the dream, I didn't, it didn't register. And I was like, what do you mean leave worship early? Like, God kind of gets us because we have worship first and then we preach. And then, um, you know, it wasn't about worship at church, but it was about worship in our lives um, at home. And he said, um, I'm having a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And straight away I knew it was the Holy Spirit. He goes, with this person who's going to help me understand um, why from this message. And, yeah, I, I got it the other night and I forgot to tell Rabs. And I was like, oh, if I, if I see him, I see him. I ended up seeing him last night and he wanted me to share it today. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty full on. I think the, the whole worship by ourselves is, is, um, is what I really got from it. And um, I think Rabs is speaking, speaking about it tonight. Beautiful. Thank you. Another testimony, this is regarding my sister, this is regarding my sister. Now this is very precious, because my sister struggled to hear from the Holy Spirit for many years. And it's precious, but it also bless your heart here. <clears throat> it took a while for her to receive the gift of tongues. She came to me every night, it's not coming to me. Why am I struggling to pray in the Spirit? And it was many months later that the Holy Spirit came upon her so strongly in her room by herself. And she started to flow in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And she faced many struggles in her journey. But her job was in jeopardy. And she was on the brink of losing her job. And she come to me one night, because she's a school teacher. She come to me one night and she said to me, with tears. I've never seen my sister cry like this. And I said, Becky, can I give you the best advice? She goes, yeah. I said, grab those tears and place them on the altar of Christ. 
because the greatest prayer God hears is your tears. And she said to me, I'm at a crossroad. Everything that I've worked for is going to be lost today. Anyway, she cried unto the Lord. And in that week, she was meant to lose her job. They gave her an extension of six months. That week, everyone else lost their job. Anyways, <clears throat> they gave her an extension of six months. So the six months has come now. The six months has come. I thought an angel came to her, but I came to her in her dream. Now, I've been at a, a place of authority in her life, speaking into her life. So when God sent me into her dream, is to show her that I'm at a place of authority, speaking into her life. And <clears throat> I said to her in the dream, but it was from God. It's not me. It's God. It's, I said in the dream that in 50 days, your job will come back to you. She was losing her job that week. That dream came around three or four weeks ago. I don't know exactly. Yeah, around four weeks ago. And God gave her a word that all the mandates are going to lift and that she's going to go back to her job. And can I say something from this? How the world sees is not how God sees. You can go to him for everything. How the world sees is not how God sees. When you come to him, he does the unbelievable. He does what man cannot do. And the week that she goes back to work, in two or three weeks from now, is the 50th, 50th day. <laughs> Can I say something? No matter where you are, we are all... We are, all, we are all in different seasons, but God communicated with my sister and he spoke to her. Never give up. God can reach you. But I gave her one valuable advice. Grab those tears and bring them to God. Never cry to yourself out of self-pity. Bring your tears, cry them unto God. And I just want you to know that he can and he is willing. The greatest lie you can think, you know, that if the world says no, it means it's no with God. No, God has the last say. Every person lost their job in that week regarding if you're not vaccinated, you have to stand down. They gave her a six-month extension. The, night, the, the day after that, she cried unto God. And that was, that was her testimony. That's my sister's testimony, that God done something for me. And no one can ever take that from her. Every person must encounter God in this way. Because when you have your testimony with God, you know He's real and He's true to you. Amen? Okay. I don't know if I'm going to share this one. I'll save it to another day. Okay. <clears throat> so, 
today I'm going to be speaking about, and I'll try to keep it short. Today I'm going to be speaking about how to treat the Holy Spirit inside of you. <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of people struggle on how to treat the Holy Spirit inside of them. You know why? <clears throat> you know why people struggle to treat the Holy Spirit in the right way? Because they don't know who's living inside of them. When you know who's living inside of you, you will give him all the reverence and the value of who is really inside of you. So I'm going to share. <clears throat> I'm going to share today what completes you in cooperating with the Holy Spirit. You know the, you know the Holy Spirit has different roles. Isn't that interesting? That the Holy Spirit has different roles and a process that you have to undergo? Have you located the right process that the Holy Spirit's taking you through? I'm going to show you here. It's pretty interesting how God allowed me to see this and speak about it. But it's where most of the believers struggle today is understanding who the Holy Spirit is. So let me explain. Can we go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, 20? This is in the New King James Version. I'll just carry my book and I'll walk around. So Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 to 20 in the New King James Version. Okay. Now this is Jesus speaking. Now if you can understand who the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you'll be complete. And you will understand the different roles and characteristics that God expresses himself to you. So let's have a look. This is from Matthew ten nineteen to 20. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Next. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. So here, the Holy Spirit is recognized as the Spirit of our Father. Isn't that interesting? The Spirit of our Father living inside of us. So the member of the Trinity, the Father, God our Father, is, is recognized to be inside of us. Now let's go to the next one. I just want you to paint you a picture to understand that you are complete. Now, the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, you are complete. The next thing that needs to take place is understanding the process. Why so many people give up, or they get burnt out, or they get frustrated, or they get discouraged, is because they don't understand the process. See, when you understand the process, you can cooperate with Him. None of this emotional prayer and soulish prayer, I thought you care for me, and why am I going through these things? None of this soulish emotional witchcraft. 
when you understand who God is, the next process is to understand the process of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Next scripture, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, in the New King James. Yeah. Now look here. Look who's living inside of you. First, the Spirit of our Father. Look. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So the first scripture shows us that we have the Spirit of our Father through the Holy Spirit in us. The second scripture shows us that we have the Spirit of His Son living in us. And you know what's interesting? They play a different role, each one of them. You need to get this. It's very powerful. Each one of them plays a different role. Wouldn't you like to know what role that is? I didn't know until he showed me. Next scripture. John 14, verse 16 to 18. Everyone knows this scripture. In the New King James Version. So, the greatest... The greatest understanding as a believer is to know the process of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's the one given to you from God. Yes? How many people know where He works and what He needs to focus on inside of you? How many? How many people know? Some people know, I receive the Holy Spirit, go preach the gospel. Yes? Some people hear about the Holy Spirit, I have power to cast out demons. But there's such a process in the beginning that you have to undergo. And if you can understand this, you'll work on the most important area that allows you forever and ever to be complete. If you can understand this, you'll work on the most important process regarding what God needs to do inside of you. There's a difference with God doing a work inside of you and God doing an outward work through you. A lot of people go for the second one, where they lack the first major principle that allows them to be sustained, allows them to be moving forward and not be brought back to that place. Now let's go to the next scripture. Now here, we saw the Spirit of our Father by the Holy Spirit living in us, the Spirit of His Son in our hearts. Now here, we have a different person again living inside of us. Now look here, 16, thank you, and I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He's another person being God the Holy Spirit. Next scripture, the spirit of truth, now he's recognized as the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. Next scripture. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So before Jesus resurrected to his father, he wasn't omnipresent. He couldn't be at a thousand places at the same time. Now he can through the Holy Spirit. He's in each one of us now. Okay? So here we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit inside of us. Are we complete? Yes? 
are we complete as Christians? The next major principle is understanding the process. Yes? Who knows the process? So many people get burnt out, so many people give up, so many get frustrated, so many get confused, so many feel defeated, because they don't understand the area that God needs to work on. We agree? So, let me bless your hearts today. Now, the spirit of your father, now they have a different role, each one of them. They have a different role. The spirit of your father <clears throat> speaks of discipline regarding sin and repentance. Isn't that interesting? That God refers to himself as your father. You know why? Because I don't think anyone can undergo discipline if they don't see God as their father. <laughs> you will not be able to. Imagine you've gone through discipline and I'm going through this so God can use me. Where's the love in this? Where's the love in this? No one can undergo discipline until they see God as their father. Because they know now that they have to be disciplined. True? So when it comes to discipline, isn't it interesting that God doesn't say the spirit of his son or the Holy Spirit. He says the spirit of your father. Because you must see him as your father. If you see him as your father, you would know he has the best interest for you. Yes? I have six children. I want the best interest for my children. Why? Because they see me as a person of authority that's brought them into this world. You know, God the Father brought you into this world through His Son. He now has to change your interest to your selfish ways, to His spiritual ways. You understand? God the Father, what the Bible said, God so loved the world, He gave up His Son. God the Father bought you through His Son. You're under a different authority now. But imagine you going through discipline and you don't see God as your Father. Can you cope? Can you undergo? You will not be able to. Because where's the love in this? Can you see? Can you see? Why so many people are hard on themselves when they're going through discipline, because they know him as a judge. They know him as a hard man. They know him as a person who doesn't care for them. But it's interesting why God said the spirit of your father, and that has a lot to do in the Bible about discipline. Ready? We'll go to the next one. I'm not going to speak about him. I'm just going to give you a little hint. But I'll speak about the spirit of your father. The spirit of his son. Now everyone remembers when Paul was traveling from another village to another village and he said that the spirit of Jesus stopped me from going there. Yes? Can everyone remember that? Yes or no? Yes, so he said the spirit of Jesus prevented me from going there. You remember that? That's regarding ministry. That's regarding the will of God. Now, the Holy Spirit holds different treasures. But the Spirit that started to work through His life, that's the Spirit of grace. 
The spirit that worked through his life was the spirit of Jesus regarding the same calling as Jesus. What was the calling of Jesus? What is the spirit of Jesus? To seek and save the lost. What is the spirit of the Father? To discipline you so you can become like him. You see the different ways the Holy Spirit works? Can you see? So what's your focus when you get saved? Understanding who my Father is. Understanding what he needs to do inside of me. Yes? Yes or no? Yes. The spirit of his son speaks of identity, position, responsibility, and ministry. Two different things. One speaks of discipline. One speaks of, one speaks of discipline regarding sin and repentance. The other one speaks of identity, position, maturity, and the will of God. Now, the next one speaks of the comforter. The comforter. The parakletos, the one who walks by your side, the one who aids you, the one who testifies for you, intercedes for you. They're all different roles. And when you understand the different roles of the Holy Spirit, guess what you do? You yoke with Him according to where you are in your faith. Yes? I really believe why so many people run and go back. Run and go back because they've they get to understand the procedure, the process of the Holy Spirit. And let's say you're a believer, and you get saved, and you want to bypass this. You want to bypass this process of the Spirit of your Father. Guess what happens? You become trapped. You become trapped, leads you to hell. Why does it lead you to hell? Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Lord, we prophesied your name. Go away, I don't know you. They didn't let the Father discipline him. Can you understand? The first process, not understanding the first process, leads to hell. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's given first what? To cleanse you. To cleanse you, to make you holy. And who does that work? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of your Father. Can you understand? So let's say the Holy Spirit comes to you. The first work He has to do is what? Wash you, cleanse you, purify you. Let's say you get saved. I want to focus on ministry. You've bypassed His procedure. Can you see? Can you see? Now the helper, the comforter, speaks of the person of the Godhead, the Trinity, Send to one's aid, the one who defends you, the one who counsels you, intercedes for you, guides you into all truth, the one who builds your faith, deeper truth and revelation of Christ Jesus. Now each one has a secret. One speaks of discipline, your father. Isn't it interesting that if you don't see him as your father, you will not be able to progress forward. Isn't that interesting? So you start to see now, your eyes are slowly open now. Hey, who's the Holy Spirit? Well, He's much more than I think. He's much more than I think. What's happening in my life? Why is my life in turmoil? Why am I in order? You know why? Because you're not understanding how the Holy Spirit works in a believer's life. By the grace of God, I understood it when I read. 
I understood, hey, hey, before you move a step forward, let's start working on your character. Let's start working on your heart. Let's start walk, working on your sinful and your rebellious nature. Let's start working on the doors where the flesh is. Agree? Yes. And that's a process in itself. That's a process. It shows you, is any person meant to rush in the ministry of the Spirit? No. Why so many people rush, they try to force a word, they try to be someone, it's because of pride. Learn the first step. The Spirit of your Father. Why? God disciplines those He loves. Father loves you. When you, when you receive the Father's love, then you will undergo discipline. But imagine entering into discipline not knowing the Father's love. You will not be able to stand. Okay, let's go to a scripture. So it, the Holy Spirit is recognized as three different titles. There's many more, but he's recognized as three major titles. The Spirit of your Father, Spirit of His Son in your hearts, and the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity, the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Three different, three different titles, three different, um, three different methods in how they work in the believer. Can you see? Do you see how careful you have to be not to bypass your process? Can you see how careful you have to be? Is everyone getting this? It's good. The hardest process is the first one. Because your flesh in the beginning, it's wild. It's reckless. It's um, untamed. I don't want to fast. It doesn't feel good. I don't want to pray for so long. Why do I need to invest my time in praying and fasting and meditating on God's truth? You know why? Because God allows you to become like Him. Nothing less you become like Him. He puts His hand in places where He's not there, the person or the authority of that, and He starts to work in your life. Am I fasting to be someone? Am I fasting to do something? No, I'm fasting to be transformed. Can't pour new wine into old wineskin. I'm fasting and praying to be transformed because I know how cunning and deceptive the flesh is in the beginning. Can we see this? The hardest thing for a believer is to recognize the process. The hardest. Why does it have to be like this? My friend, all your years and days and months and hours spending on the flesh, you get a touch from God, you have so much He needs to undo. Correct? So much emotional strongholds of mind, sinful nature, rebellious nature. There's so much He has to work. You know what that shows me? It shows me that I'm in a relationship with Him and I'm under a process of the Holy Spirit. Do I try to force anything? Never. It doesn't get me anywhere. So isn't that interesting that there is a process that you have to undergo from the Holy Spirit? 
Are you rebelling against discipline? Because the first thing when Jesus received the Holy Spirit, he went to be tempted from the devil, he went to deal with the flesh, he went to deal with sin. The first thing that we have to deal with, some people, they hold on to it. It's doing me something, it's feeding me something. Some people begin to locate it, that it's not from God, and the war begins to take place. So are you a believer where you're bypassing this process? Because if I can understand how to treat the Holy Spirit regarding discipline, God has all my attention. Lord, what type of sinful nature or rebellious nature do you need to work in me? What type of mindset and strongholds do you need to identify in me? You know what? I've opened my ear to hear what's really inside of me. Can you understand? Lord, you have my attention. Not go to this person and heal the, heal the sick or cast out demons or, or prophesy or have a word. Lord, in the beginning, heal me. Deal with my flesh. Deal with my rebellious nature. Deal with my mindset of failure or defeat or fear or confusion or worry. Deal with the areas that you need to deal with inside. Yes, the Holy Spirit will start to allow you to recognize certain strongholds. Be from your upbringing, it can be from your rebellious nature, it can be from your sinful nature. It can be from your own will, your own vision, your own desire, your own treasure. And if you give him the opportunity, he will show you. But let's say you don't go through that process while the Christian world is suffering today. They're suffering. Because they think, I'm saved. I'm under the blood. <laughs> you got a lot of things he needs to work on. you got a lot of things he needs to work on. And what happened? What's the treasure with that man? Lord, we prophesied. We casted out demons. You didn't allow me in your heart to transform you. That led to hell. Yes, black and white. The Holy Spirit's first given to you to cleanse you, to make you holy, to be like Jesus Christ. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. The Holy Spirit's given to you to cleanse you, to purify you. Why? I'll show you. I'll let Scripture speak for itself. Let's go to... 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 to 32 in the Amplified. That's the last one. So I'm going backwards today. Look here. <clears throat> Look why God has to discipline you. Why? It's actually a blessing. Because that's who you really are in Christ. Look. But a person must... Prayfully examine himself and his relationship to Christ. And only when he has done so, should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now this is regarding communion with the Lord. But look what he says in this last statement that really opens your eyes. For anyone who eats and drinks without solemn reverence and heartful gratitude for the sacrifice of Christ, eats and drinks a judgment on himself if he does not recognize the body of Christ. Now, there was issues in the body of Christ, but this is not where I'm going. 
that careless and unworthy participation is the reason why many among you are weak and sick and their number and their number sleep in death. But if we elevated and judged ourselves honestly, recognizing our shortcomings and our correcting our behavior, we would not be judged. But when we fall short and are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined by undergoing His correction so that we will not be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world. Why does God need to discipline you? So you do not get punished with the world. So what's the first area that He needs to work on? Your old carnal nature. He needs to work on your old carnal nature. How do you permit Him to do so when you see Him as the position of your father? If you don't see him as your father who loves you, you will not be able to participate with him regarding this. Your identity is manifested as God your father. You have a heavenly father now that will do way more than your earthly father can ever do. You have a father now who knows how to discipline you because he knows how weak and enticing the flesh is in the beginning. Yes? He knows. And He's willing to help you if you come to His Son every day to get washed by His blood. You know what was interesting and that blessed my heart? One day I'm going to share about it, but I'll give you a little treasure. It says that the saints were dressed in white linen. The saints were dressed in white linen. And that linen, it's interesting, that the more you washed it, the shinier it becomes. Meaning that the more you come to Christ to get washed, the more radiant His face shines through you. Isn't that amazing? Not to be afraid to come to Him in every way. Don't be afraid. Because the Holy Spirit was given to cleanse you and purify you from your old nature. That's His role. How do we get trapped? When the enemy says you're not worthy, you've done this again. And again, and you continuously open many other doors. But the Bible says about the white linen, the brighter and brighter and brighter it became is determined how much it gets washed. And we are to get washed what? By the blood of Christ. You know what that means? Never be afraid to come to Him in the beginning because that's the first process. Someone will say, why am I here? Why am I continuously falling this area? You know why? Because you have a throne where the blood is poured for you to get washed daily. And that's what transforms you. The throne of grace by the blood. When you understand the blood, you understand the Father's love. He released you from this. So where people get trapped is that they get disciplined. They fall into sin. They fall into rebellion. They fall into the old nature. The enemy comes and whispers, you're a hypocrite. You keep doing this. You keep falling. Nothing good is going to come from you. That's a lie. You come to the throne in the beginning. You, you're going to be having many visits to the throne in the beginning. Many visits. You have probably membership there. <laughs> oh, it's you again. <laughs> but do you understand? In the beginning, you're going to get so familiar with the throne of grace. So familiar. You know why? Because that's why God designed it. 
The flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. He designed it for this. So in the beginning, don't get into the area of condemned, discouraged, unworthy, trapped. You can go to the throne to get washed from anything. That's the treasure. That's the treasure of the gown. The treasure of the gown is that the more you wash it, the more it shines. Who washes you? The blood of Christ. Isn't that a treasure? Can we agree? You see how the devil traps us from not maturing to the next part of the ministry? The spirit of his son? People don't get into the next area of ministry. Why? Because the first one hasn't been dealt with. Why does God have to discipline you? Because, believe me, when God starts to discipline you, you really have a look at sin. You really look at your life. You really focus, right? When you get brought to your knees, you pay all attention on the things that you need to change. When I got brought to my knees, there was so much change. And I was so sensitive to the change. You know why? There was no way out. There was no way out. God's created me to change. And He's given me the Holy Spirit to help me. So the first, the first foundation of you receiving the Holy Spirit is to deal with your old nature. Yeah? Who's trying to bypass this operation? It's the most important operation and the greatest operation of the inward work regarding your sinful nature and your rebellious nature. The greatest work. If you can get this right, there humility will take you to the next step. Can we understand? Is everyone understanding this? The first, the first ministry, the spirit of your father. Let's read the scripture. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 17. <clears throat> now look why God has to discipline us. So let's say something. Let's say you, you want to hold on to that life, you'll suffer. Let's say you want to live for the old nature, you'll suffer. Let's say you choose to rebel against God, you'll suffer. The reason why the body of Christ is suffering today, it's called rebellion. It's called rebellion. There's a difference between rebellion and suffering. There's a difference. Rebellion is your own sinful nature choosing not to do what God says. It's called pride. Some people have been in their situation for months, some people years, and they still haven't changed. It's not about time. It's about hearing with your heart. Understanding what he needs to work on. Okay, let's go. Let's have a read. This is from the Amplified Bible. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Now look sin here, it's clever. Let us run with endurance and active persis persistence the race that is set before us looking away from all that would distract us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author 
and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Now look here. Look at the first incentive of what God requires from a believer. For what? Bring you to maturity. The main role of the Holy Spirit is to bring you to maturity. Okay. For who the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Now the only thing is needed from you now is to cooperate with him. He's done everything for you. He lives inside of you. Every member of the Trinity lives inside of you now. Your role now is to cooperate and obey. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet struggled to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten divine, divine word of encouragement which addresses you to you as sons. It's an encouragement. How many people are getting disciplined here? How many people is the Holy Spirit working in some areas of your life? You know what that shows you? It shows you that the spirit of your father is living and working inside of you. So many people say, I can't hear the Holy Spirit. My friend, are you hearing discipline? Are you hearing discipline every day? You're hearing from God. <laughs> You're hearing clearly from God. Are you hearing discipline every day? It doesn't leave me. Night and day, God's working with you. But you're not meant to stay there. You're not meant to stay there. If you harden your heart, then you will stay there. But you're not meant to stay in this position. So many people say, I want to hear the Holy Spirit like you. You want to die? You want to crucify the flesh? Come, I'll show you how I walk with God on a weekly basis. Come, I'll show you. You know why? Because I know how deceptive the flesh is. I know how cunning the flesh is. I understand. Because I felt it and I tasted it and it tastes foul. So look what it says here. Forgetting the divine word of encouragement which addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the discipline of the Lord. Who complains when God starts to discipline them? Who complains when God puts his hand on you to take those things that belong to the devil, belong to the world and belong to sin? Who complains? Who goes back to them? You see why God has to discipline you? It's a blessing. <clears throat> and do not lose heart and give up when you're corrected by Him. Now isn't that interesting? The first procedure of the process of the Holy Spirit is where many people do not excel to the next step. Yes? How many people have left the Lord? How many people have continuously went through a place in their life where they go and they come? It's because of this. 
because God's telling you to let go of those fleshly, carnal, and worldly passions to follow Christ now. Whether you like to hear it or not, you belong to Christ. It's not your life anymore. It's not your life anymore. You cannot dictate your life anymore. You will make it harder for the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. You are not supposed to do this. God's lifting the standard week by week in this ministry. Why? Because you're not meant to stay where you are. <clears throat> For the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom He loves. So what does the Father do? The Father loves you. He loves you so much that He has to correct you. Because there's a, there's a process that you have to undergo as a son. A babe, different story. Son starts to have instruction, starts to listen, starts to obey, starts to be given responsibility. <clears throat> it was interesting because when I, I'm the trainer of my, my son's uh, footy game, and, and now, it's interesting, but I like to share it with you. I like to share how my mind works when I'm watching my son work, play footy. I screamed the whole game, but but it was interesting because he got he he moved his um, six. He's playing one year higher, and there's rules now that if you run out of the sideline, that you're going to get penalised. And last year, that wasn't the case. He was getting to learn the game, but now there's a procedure. You cannot run from the sideline. What do they do every single run? Run out the sideline. But you see how he was getting to learn about, for example, about Christ in the beginning, then you start to put, what? Boundaries. You start to understand, uh, there's boundaries. If I'm going to hang out with this person, if I'm going to go to this place, if I'm going to make myself vulnerable, I'm being foolish. I'm allowing my heart to fall into a place of a trap. Bad company uh, corrupts good character. I'm just giving examples. How you must draw boundaries now to protect the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. <clears throat> For the Lord disciplines and corrects those He loves, and He punishes every son whom He receives and welcomes to His heart. You must submit to correction for His purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. Or what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now if you are exempt from correction and without discipline, in which all of God's children share, you have to share of this because of your carnal nature that has to be addressed in you. <clears throat> then, you are not, then you are legitimate children and not sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we submitted and respected them for training us shall we not much more willingly submit to the Father of Spirits? You see? You see how the Father of the Spirit speaking through is recognized here? In the Gospel, He was speaking through them. Here, He's working through us. Can you see the difference? So look here. Shall we not much more willingly submit to the Father of Spirits and live by learning from His discipline? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for, our, for only a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, 
so that we may share in His holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. So it's painful. We understand. But have you accepted your destiny? Have you accepted the process? No discipline brings joy but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Right standing with God and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. Isn't that amazing? That the first area of a believer, the, the Holy Spirit through the Father, disciplines what? To promote you. Look at, the, look at all the blessings and the promotions that are here. And He's wanting you to accept discipline because He knows what's best for you. Look at all the promotions in this blessing. Read it in your own time. Look at all the promotions for obedience. And it's regarding the old nature. It's regarding sin. It's regarding, it's regarding now being conformed to His holiness. There is peace there. There is right standing with God. There is seek conformity to God's will and purpose. That's it. My life is for God now. That's it. That's my life now. But guess what happens when you read the Bible and you don't understand the process of the Holy Spirit. That's why you get so many Christians wandering and wandering and wandering, looking for the best word, best message. I need to hear from the Holy Spirit. That's why so many Christians are all over the place. Because they haven't understood what God the Father needs to do first in a person's heart. Do we agree? It's the truth. And so many Christians are confused because they don't know who the Holy Spirit is and what He needs to do in a believer. Now you know. Look what it says here. I'll finish off with this scripture. It says, So then, strengthen hands that are weak and knees that tremble. Cut through and make smooth straight paths for your feet that are safe and go in the right direction so that the leg which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather may be healed. Continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. Now why was the Holy Spirit given in the beginning? To sanctify you, purify you, cleanse you. Is that your focus? Is that your focus? Think about it. You don't have to question me today. Is that your focus? Or rather, Holy Spirit, tell me what I need to say to this person. Tell me how I can deliver this person. Tell me how I can heal this person. No, get the first one right. He will flow through you naturally. Naturally. You don't have to push him. The anointing will flow. But what's the main, what's the main purpose your character, your heart, your attitude, your mindset. You understand now why the Holy Spirit was given. The ones who got condemned to hell didn't understand. And why did God even put it there in the scriptures? Because they missed out on the first major principle of being sanctified, cleansed, and made holy by the Holy Spirit inside of us. They missed the first major process. I have to do something for the Lord. Rather, I need to be transformed. 
make no mistake, this is not a message of edification, this is a message of clarity. Clarity of what God needs to do inside of you. I gave you a glimpse of the ministry of the Spirit through these people that God works through. A glimpse. We see this every week. But now we've moved on by the grace of God to the next step. But did I learn so much in this first step? I'm still learning. But I've understood what's so interested to the Holy Spirit. Make it to me. Why so many people get destroyed because of pride. Envy, bitterness, anger, rage, my will, my emotions, my feelings. And people don't see enough with the Holy Spirit to focus on God purifying them. Please understand me, make no mistake. This is the most important ministry, the first one. Because that one allows you to be saved. Because the greatest way you can understand your salvation is cooperating with the Holy Spirit to cleanse your old nature. Make no, make no mistake. Now, look here. Look, but isn't that interesting that the same scripture, the same scripture where it says here, where it shows you how you can fall short from God's grace. It shows you what's the greatest meaning of someone falling short from God's grace? Them not cooperating to get sanctified and cleansed and pure. See it that no one falls short of God's grace. Now, how do you fall short when you don't cooperate for God to change your inward nature? It's so clear. And I love it when people read scripture out of context. Read it in context, you can understand why so many Christians fall short of God's grace. But grace is for everyone. The grace of God has appeared. It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. You begin to see why grace was given. It says here, see it, that no one falls short of God's grace, that no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble, and by it be defiled. And see it, that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that later on, when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no opportunity for repentance." There's no way to repair what he had done, no chance to recall the choice he had made, even though he sought it with bitter tears. So we have a different ministry now. We have the ministry of the blood. Make no mistake every day, whichever area God it needs to work and address inside of your heart, your mind, your soul, bring it to him. Don't get caught in the first ministry and fail. Let God cleanse you and work on you. You have that ministry of the blood now where you can approach Him to work on this area. Please understand. Okay, the last scripture. Romans 2.4 And I'll give you a different approach to what it means why God disciplines you. Here. It says here we are Gentiles. When Gentiles who do not have the law, since it was given only to Jews, do instinctively the things the law requires, guided only by their conscience, they are a law to themselves. They're not. Is that the scripture? No, it's not the scripture. 4, 4, verse 4. 
So Romans 2, 4. I can read it from my phone if you want. Okay, so we go to Romans 2, 4. All right, All right well done. Uh, yeah, so those words are, so forbearance, the other one says discipline. It says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? So this is the riches of his goodness. That word is kindness. So it says, or do you despise the riches of his kindness? forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So this is the area where God leaves because of His kindness towards you. The first ministry of the Spirit of your Father or the Father of Spirits is to deal with what? Repentance. Change of heart. Dealing with sin. You begin to see how you cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Who's cooperating with the Holy Spirit in this way? I'm not saying to dig up something where there is nothing, but who has understood to work in the Holy Spirit in this way? See, if I wanted to understand how to treat the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, I would want to understand His process. Is it true? Imagine you praying in tongues, pray, 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 fast, 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 fast. Okay, Lord, Okay, what do you do now? When you have the scripture, he tells you to deal with these things. Why? What happens after you deal with the first ministry? What happens? The spirit of his son, you get elevated to ministry. You become part of his kingdom now. You start to operate through the Holy Spirit. Naturally. You cannot get elevated fr from one ministry and not get promoted to the next one. Look at the blessings. Read that scripture from Hebrews 12. The first ministry, the hardest ministry, where people don't succeed, they fall. Many fall in this area. Why? Because they don't want to let go of their life. They don't want to let go of their life. It's too good where I am. I want a bit of everything. They hold that life. They hold on to that life. God's saying, my son, I created you. I have something better for you. This is an illusion. Let it go. No, it's good for me. It's security. It, it heals my, deals with my fear. The Holy Spirit says, let it go. I'm the Father who gives. You begin to see. You begin to understand why so many people don't get promoted in the kingdom. Why? Because they fail to do the first ministry. The Father of the Spirit regarding discipline, regarding holiness, sanctification. And does that happen over a week? No, it's a process. But are you working in this process? Are you conforming to this process? Are you hearing the Holy Spirit in this process? You know what's interesting? I sit with believers that just get saved. They tell me a thousand things of what God's doing through their lives. Miracles, healings, word of knowledge, excuse me. What, what's God doing in your heart? Well, what are you talking about? You shouldn't say that. What's God doing in your heart? Where is the enemy attacking you? Where is the flesh working? What has been your downfall before Christ? You begin to see. You begin to understand. 
What are you talking about these things? Don't bring it up. Pride says, no, you can't see that. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the first process works on this place. You begin to see why so many people are afraid to get exposed. You know what it is? It's pride. You know, every person I sit with, and this is by the grace of God, God lets me see what's happening in their heart. You know why? To protect them in the process. Not for me to expose them, to protect them. You know why? Because imagine you trying to jump that process and move into ministry and your heart's full of pride. Your heart's full of the flesh. Your heart's full of the devil. Imagine you will last just for a moment. You will last just for a moment. You'll start to see I'm doing this for my own gain. I'm doing this to be someone. I'm doing this to fulfill a rejection inside of me. I'm doing something so people can see value in me. You know why God needs to work in you in the beginning. So who's understanding the Holy Spirit like this? Who understood who's living in them? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You're complete. What's the next thing you need to understand? The process. Okay, Lord, let's work in this area. I think he does as, as poppers for the birthdays. Hooray! You finally understood. The Holy Spirit starts to speak fluently to you because you've understood oh, he has to work in my carnal nature. He starts to understand an open channel from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit starts to tell you strongholds, strongholds regarding mindsets, regarding sinful nature. He shows you issues regarding rejection, abandonment, pride, fear, confusion, worry, and he starts to dig and plow that ground. And that's a process in itself. But can I tell you something? The next process is the elevation of the kingdom. That's the beautiful place to be, where you're the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You're sold out for the kingdom. But what's the first thing you have to undergo? The major one, the most important one, that truly signifies that the Holy Spirit has worked in you. Casting out demons doesn't truly signify that Christ is done the work in you. Sanctification of the flesh does. Because the way that Jesus sees it, yes, he has truly cooperated with my Holy Spirit because he's allowed me to cleanse him. He's allowed me to work on him. Casting out demons, healing the sick, prophesy, doesn't truly show that the Holy Spirit has worked in my life. The character, the mindset, the emotions, my life and my walk truly signifies that the Holy Spirit has worked in my life. Casting out demons, power, authority, does not truly um, signify that God has worked in my life. The first one does. And isn't it interesting because it's the first one. It's the first one that so many believers try to bypass. I'm doing God's will. You don't need to see what's in my heart. You don't need to tell me that I need to work in this area. Yes, I do. It's the ministry of the Spirit. It's the first foundation. It's the first foundation that can either make you or break you. It's the first foundation. Because if God doesn't take the world away from you, and He doesn't take sin away from you, He doesn't take the devil away from you, He'll be lingering and mixed with your walk with God on this earth. And who wants that? 
Who wants that in their journey? No one. Who wants every time God is working in your life, Satan comes, snatches something from you, steals something from you, oppresses you? Who wants that in their journey? Who wants that in their journey? Who wants to have Satan in the background where there is flesh eating a part of your life? Who? No one. So all your attention is to what? Your carnal nature. The renewal of your mind. The renewal of your spirit. Dealing with your character. This is the most important area. The most important area where so many believers try to bypass. Now I understand why people run away from me. I actually understand now, and that's not a, like a boast, a comment of boasting. I understand, because the Holy Spirit allowed me to understand the most precious thing to, to Him is your heart being transformed. I understand. And the most important area that I focus on, me, myself, not regarding you, is my own heart. The greatest area that I've plowed, that I've plowed, and that I've examined, and that I've put to test is my own heart. You know why? Because that's what God, that's what truly shows that the Holy Spirit is working in my life. Why you have so many problems, why you have so much backsliding, why you have so much places where you're defeated, is because you're lacking the first process. What's the first process? He promises you peace, inner peace. He promises you rest. He promises you maturity. He promises you elevation to walk in His holiness. And then your journey begins. But you begin to see the work that is required from me in the Holy Spirit. You begin to see. Okay, we'll pray. You must understand that the most interested aspect of the Holy Spirit work in your life is not you operating in the power. Yes, you heard some testimonies, they're beautiful. But the greatest work that God desired through His Son Jesus Christ, by sending the Holy Spirit is what? That He cleanses you. Make no mistake. The greatest work of why the Holy Spirit was given, not to operate in His power, the first mystery and the greatest mystery is to do the good work inside of your heart, to make you pure, to make you holy. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. The greatest work that God wants to do is make you like Himself. Please understand. Please stay humble in this area. Make no mistake, God wants to make you, God our Father wants to make you like His Son. Please no, make no mistake. That's the greatest work of the Holy Spirit. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God. Please understand why the Holy Spirit's working so fluently and so easy. You know why? Because I've understood the Father's heart. The Father's heart that I be disciplined and be holy like Him. I understand. 
And I want you all to understand and be in this place. Because if there's anything that I want to know is to have a direction. Teach me how to walk with God. I'm teaching you. Teach me how to walk with God. Teach me how to learn how to submit to Him. It's coming. It's here. This is from the Father's heart. There's no glory in this message, but there's the true glory of Christ. You become like Him. And then the rest of your years on earth, the rest of your time on earth, you live blameless for the Lord. Amen? Please understand. There's been a, a great desire in my heart that no matter what's coming against you, work on change and God will always fight for you and get you out of your problems. Change. Become like Him. In every season, in every trial, in every challenge, become like Him. He will snatch you out of every place where there's quicksand, where you're sinking, where you're defeated, where you're failing. Learn to become like Him. He will always fight for you. It's the truth. But when you, when you desire to be like the enemy, rebellious, you will find yourself fighting on your own. So let's pray. I'd like to pray with you that we can understand this and take this to God's heart. Just agree with me. If this is really your desire to know this, agree with me. Because promotion is not far behind if you understand this. We thank you, Father. Father, as we enter your throne of grace, by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Father, we like to thank you as your dearly beloved sons and daughters. Thank you for this truth that allows us to be transformed. Father, every good and perfect gift comes from above, who does not change like shifting shadows. I pray, Father, today, in Jesus' name, that you give us the grace to undergo your discipline. Give us the patience to undergo your discipline and give us your favor so that we can understand every aspect of your heart regarding the process that we have to undergo. Thank you for your discipline that makes us holy like you. Thank you that your discipline truly shows a symbol of your love. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have given us truth in our hearts that we may walk with you. Thank you, Father. From all the people that are here, Lord, in one heart, one accord, we say thank you for giving us truth straight from your heart. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we worship you. And I pray, Lord, that there is anything we ask for is that you guide us into your truth more and more. Father, I pray by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that you steer us into your truth which sets us free. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. But I tell you the truth. This is the greatest foundation for you to work and grow in. Amen.